Hello and welcome to Last Sons of Krypton, a Superman podcast. I'm Connor from the House of L and I'm joined by a special returning guest, Tyler, from Krypton Report. Hello. Hey Connor, how are you doing man? Yeah, not bad, you? I'm doing alright. You know, just last time we tried to record, you know, things happened and... Yeah. But here we are, we made it, we made it. Yeah, yeah, we're here. So... Uh, first to get out of the way, thanks to our patrons, thanks to Tasman, uh, helping keep the show afloat, and also, this will be, uh, I mean, this episode's already been delayed, but for about three to four weeks, this will be the only episode out, and, but I'll be back in three to four weeks, so, yeah, and we're, we're here just to finish off our Brainiac coverage, the final three issues. Plus an epilogue, I guess. I'm not sure where that epilogue actually is. And, yeah, because in, in my trade I had an epilogue. Yeah. But if um, you... <laughs> do I have it? In... No, my, I don't have it in mine. Really? I'll just pull, I'll have to pull it up, but yeah. Yeah, okay. Because, yeah, and if you go to, like, the actual issue... It... Well, I'll, I'll check here in a second because I actually have um, two printings in this, so two trades with this. Okay. Yeah, the, the actual issue doesn't have the epilogue, so I don't know where that epilogue exists. But um, my trade does have uh, the epilogue. So, yeah. And I guess Superman news. I mean, not much. I've, I've been watching... My Adventures Superman weekly. Uh, I'm not. I'm honestly not huge on it. I like the first couple episodes. Haven't really liked a lot of what they've done since then. I'm just sort of watching it just because. Mm. And uh, yeah, I actually I had to watch Man of Tomorrow for a podcast recently, the DCAU podcast. And I thought in terms of writing, Man of Tomorrow just did everything a lot better than My Adventures Superman. I know technically My Adventure Superman might be written with for a younger audience, but I think if you make a couple of tweaks, Man of Tomorrow could be for the same audience. So my thing with Man of Tomorrow, it, it feels really good, except um, it gets odd with how dark they try to make Parasite. At times, like a Parasite's creation, like it just feels totally out of left field. I liked it. I I thought I think it's one of the better Parasites I've seen. Like I think Parasite should be kind of gross. Mm. I like I know originally he wasn't gross, but I think that's how he should be because parasites are gross, <laughs> and mm. you know a character that can take away Superman's powers I think should have a kind of horrific element to it. Um, but oh, like, I agree. Yeah, you, you could tweak it a bit, and I mean I, just, I really don't like how they did parasite in my adventures with Superman, but. Um, yeah, so, like, yeah, there was, there was some problems with that, sorry, but I, I think it was almost, like, just, I kind of wish we got a sequel to that, and we're just, we have so many Superman things that are set in that early days time period, and Superman Legacy as well, it's, I really don't think we needed more, but it is what it is, so, yeah, but, uh, Brainiac, last three issues, um, so... Pretty, uh, pretty straightforward comic. Not, not that that's a bad thing. Um, you know, it's five issues. 
and not that much happens in five issues. It's not like Last Sun where so much happened in six issues. This, it's, you know, Superman flies off, he gets captured, he fights Brainiac, Brainiac comes to Earth and, you know, sort of stop Brainiac. And Mm -hmm. that's about it. And it's fun, it's got good artwork, and, you know, Brainiac is, you know, at his best here. He's definitely an imposing force to be reckoned with. And we do get some development as well. Uh, for for you know, and there was some really cool. I'll, I'll bring I'll bring up issue eight seventy, which I believe is part three. But there's, you know, I like the sort of uh, almost HR Gaga stuff they have going on mm-hmm. with yeah. Brainiac's technology and his weird operating table and stuff. Just the very sort of mechanical yet organic sort of tentacle sort of things he has going on and Brainiac being physically imposing as well and being physically a match for Superman is nice. Yes. I mm. I mean, I like it too because I, I, I always kind of go back and forth with Brainiac being, I kind of like, I don't like Brainiac being Cthulhuan, or however you would say that. Yeah. Kalu. Um, not Ka- not Cthulhu, but, yeah, no. you know. Kaluan, um, yeah. Kaluan, yeah, there we go. It's not a it's real early. word, so. <laughs> At least I don't think it's, it's a real word. But. It's early here, people. Um, yeah. I always, you know, because, like, my first big introduction with, like, who Brainiac was, um, as a child, was the Superman the Animated Series. You know, he started off as a machine on Krypton. Mm. And then, you know, part of his story was evolving and going from just like this computer program to a machine in a body to yeah. being more organic based and all this. And I always kind of thought that was more interesting because it's like creating your own doom, creating something yeah. that, you know, um, and then not this whole race of people. And Brainiac is just one of them, but Brainiac is like the worst of them kind of thing. So I, I don't know. I, I, I like this. I mean, stepping outside from anything else, but Jeff Johns is as a writer is a very, very talented writer. And he also has a very history, vast history of DC knowledge. So him tapping into and trying to find a way to connect all the dots for Brainiac yeah. is a uh, smart. Yeah. Cause sometimes Brainiac is like a probe, well, not a probe. Sorry, he he. They Brainiac varies from being an actual Kaluan alien to like a Kaluan AI, or yeah, whatever. And you know, but one thing he didn't do is he didn't actually explain why Brainiac is doing what he does. Which yeah, I'm not sure if he got so caught up in the story he just kind of forgot to explain who Brainiac was. <laughs> you know, so. I think for new readers, because I was reading this as someone who hadn't read it before, and they're like, they they said like, so why does he, you know, why does he do that? And I'm like, oh, the comic didn't actually address that. It doesn't really it's tell one of those you things, who Brainiac is. It's one of those things that you can kind of accidentally skip over. Yeah. Being familiar with the property, where you're yeah. not really thinking about it. Yeah. So I think, I think because... Before, this feels like a good point for new readers to jump on, but I think, yeah, Jeff Jones is so involved in the story, he kind of forgot to introduce Brainiac in that sense, like, as a character. 
this uh, Brainiac definitely makes me think a little bit of the Matrix. Yeah. You know, with way yeah, uh, like there's the pods and people in the pods and just that bio yeah organic connective tissue has that has a very f- similar feel there. Mm. Yeah, I like that Coco the monkey made a comeback. Yes, uh, Coco's seen in Brainiac's first ever appearance, and I don't think seen very little since then. But he's a a big beast here. He's not quite the little monkey assistant. So, well, so that, yeah, so this, this, this third part, um, so where we left off Superman, you know, a Brainiac probe lands on Earth, Superman went to find Brainiac after Kara told him what Brainiac did on Krypton. Mm. And yeah, like it's a good issue. There's some gross stuff. We get the introduction of Brainiac and him and Superman fight for a bit. Brainiac seems more than a match for Superman, and the skull ship goes to Earth. So, you know, the, all these issues kind of seamlessly fit together. They're not really, like, parts, mm-hmm. as it were. But it's cool we get to explore Brainiac's ship a bit. And, you know, the introduction of Brainiac's good, because Superman is surprised Brainiac is standing at least a head and shoulder above him, and he's quite muscly. <laughs> So. Yeah, and uh, and he's just Superman's very much being tossed around by Brainiac. Yeah, on him, and you know this is coming from a Superman who's thought he had, you know, basically fought Brainiac before. Yeah, this is also a Superman that's definitely in the prime of his career. You know, he's he's old and experienced. He's not he's not just starting out or anything. So, you know, he's fought Doomsdays, Mongols, you know, Crisis, all that sort of stuff. Uh, and yeah, that oh, actually I made a note about the cover to I think was it eight sixty nine, which is you know, you have the original cover where Parr and Clark are drinking beer and then the, the cover they actually released has like a really noticeable uh, alterations to the cover where it just says soda pop on the can on the mm-hmm. bottles because <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. think they wanted to show Superman drinking beer so it's <laughs> funny it, it, it is funny um, James and I had a conversation before like you know my, my pose was why would he have a beer you know and because uh, alcohol doesn't affect him and James was like and he brought up a great point is like the idea is that's what you do. Like that's what his dad taught him. At the end of the day, you have a beer. Like after you know, and yeah. he just does it. He does it almost re- ritualistically. It's also a social like thing. Some, yeah, something he learned from his father. Um, at the end of the day. Yeah. And I was like, I can, yeah, that may, I'm like, I can get behind that. That makes sense. It's just kind of like something you did with your dad after you were done. Yeah. You know, because. We see him drink a beer in Man of Steel, the film. We saw it. Superman Returns, the movie. Um, so we, we were just kind of chatted about that. So it is yeah. funny that you bring that back up. Yeah. It, it was funny that it warranted an edit as well from DC. Like, it's the 50s. We're in the 50s of the Comics Code Authority. You know. Uh, you know, nowadays we have Superman killing his pregnant wife. 
<laughs> but you know, not, not drinking beer. Uh, That's probably draw the line. Yeah. Don't want them kids out there drinking alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> we did. I did think it was kind of funny just at the very beginning. Uh, hold on, I'm trying to flip. Where? Make sure I remember. Yeah. We're on chapter three, right? Uh, I just finished with chapter three, but you feel free to. Just the beginning of chapter three, where it opens up and it's like with Supergirl, and we're still like she notices the plastic inside Cat. We have a really nice. Yeah. Super- and it's just kind of funny because. Like we're still highlighting on like cats over sexual sexualization. Yeah. Um, Which never and really super goes anywhere. I know. I because I feel like this is the most like out there vivacious like cat, and then all of a sudden it just kind of disappears. <laughs> yeah. Have you have you done your new Krypton reading yet? Or no, I I read some back in the day. I will be right. um, digging heavily into that here soon well you know no surprise that the ending of this is like directly where new krypton picks up yep. on i believe so this is almost like a prelude to that story this and last sun so yeah it's with issue four we have part four you know we have the invasion and Kara's sort of getting over her yeah i love <laughs> I like the yeah. Kara and uh, Lois, like, bonding. Yeah. I don't like either of their faces, though. <laughs> like, the way they're drawn uh strange. For mm. this uncanny valley. Like, like, the panel, like, on the one page where you see them just real big in the bottom third. Yeah. Like, three, three kind of panels and real, yeah. Yeah. Like, some faces are fine. Like, Steve Lombard and Ron Troop are fine. But, yeah, it's just odd. Uh, This is always an issue I've had with Gary Frank's artwork. So, it's nothing new. Mm. Um, Yeah, I didn't didn't really notice in Doomsday Clock, now that I remember. But it was done a while later, so... I'll be revisiting Doomsday Clock here in a couple of weeks, too. Oh, cool. Yeah, we we have a couple of you know, we have more of Superman Brainiac fighting, which is cool. You know, they get they get down and dirty. Superman tries like, you know, he literally bites <laughs> bites the tube on Brainiac, trying to figure out something to to get ahead. Superman still has some tough guy lines, you know, inflicting pain on others doesn't need to bother you. It bothers me usually. You know, and he says some stuff later as well, which is fine for me, but people these days would take it as heresy. Superman has to be a big pacifist teddy bear 100% of the time, Mm -hmm. where I feel like that's gone. But here he's, you know, he's punching. Uh, He calls him Alien, which is interesting. He's like, which one is it, Alien? He says, as Brainiac's like lying in that pod. So I was like, did he just use Alien as like a derogatory term? That was strange. Maybe. Yeah. You know, it's just one of those things where you're kind of like, are you, you sure that's what you want to use, Soups? Is that is that really? Yeah. Really what what you think's going to win the day? Um, we get the whole he discovers uh, Supergirl's parents thing, which we've seen before uh, in pre-crisis. 
the the generally goes the same way whenever he meets them. But he ma- Jeff John sort of makes it work with uh, Krypton exploding and the Brainiac stuff, and so he sort of ties that all together of how they survived and then why they got bottled after Krypton blew up. Blew up. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so. I I like I always think that there's a, a story that's just not been told that really helps solidify Zor-El and Jor-El's story. Mm. But yeah, it is. It can be a really interesting story. I just feel like it's, it hasn't really been told yet. Yeah, but. I do like how we're cutting between Clark fighting Brainiac and then Kara basically taking out as much of Brainiac's forces while Metropolis is being prepared to be bottled. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Brainiac's using his... It's a good good fight sequences. Superman, Brainiac. Brainiac uses, like, the tech of his ship as well. Like, because he's connected to it. And we have, like, you know, Brainiac looking at the bottle, which is very, you know, classic kind of image. Uh, He bowls Metropolis. He's got the evil look. I think that was, like, a couple of pre-crisis covers. Um, Yeah, there's a lot of... Look, neat stuff, and I just, I just like how Superman is like in, like he's wrapped up in whatever like the tech machine that Brainiac was, came out of. Yeah, where he's like plugged in and um, connected to the ship. Yeah, and he's getting like Brainiac sort of overloading his brain with data. It's like how much data can your brain store before it turns into sludge? You know, five worlds, two worlds, one. That sort of ends um, there with Superman trapped. We keep getting these cuts to the Kents, like yeah. experiencing bad weather and seeing things in the sky. Hmm. And like, there's like a rocket that shot from Brainiac's ship. Yeah. And that's chapter five or four. Yes. Yeah. Chap- chapter five is. Uh, I originally thought it was a six parts, but no, it's only five parts. And because um, it all gets. It is up. weird. It is weird. Because I always feel like six is the sweet spot that you mm. see most in like trades, but I mean, I guess five works too. I thought they did the job with five as long as you include the epilogue, which we'll talk about. Um, which is weird because I grabbed my other copy, and my other copy of the thing doesn't have the epilogue, so I have to pull it up, like on the app. I thought it did because right. because one of my copies is just Superman Brainiac. Yeah, and then the and then the other one is the Last Son trade that had the Brainiac in the back. So yeah, see the Last Son of Krypton trade that I have with Brainiac in the back that has the epilogue for me. Weird. So we'll figure it out. Yeah, it's only like four pages though, but it does do a lot. Um, and yeah. Yeah, so, anyway, he captures Supergirl, he's sort of dragging her by the hair, along, well, like the robots are, and, um, yeah, again, we cut to the cats, 
I do like that when we get to the Kents, it's just, <clears throat> you know, they're trying to figure out. It's like seeing the world being affected by a brainiac that's not the bottle Cindy. Yeah. You know, it's funny how Lois can sort of see Superman's giant face because she's in the bottle. And she's like, you know, if you can hear me, you know, how much I love you. Like, she's really desperate and thinks this might be the end. Whereas in the film that ad- uh, adapted this, she's just giving Brainiac the finger. <laughs> and it's like, that that's that sums up my problem with the adaptation of this pretty well. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. I also like how Brainiac is... Like, he expected the planet would have something to it because Superman was living there. Mm-hmm. But he's like, no, he's like, what the hell is this? There's nothing here. <laughs> yeah. He's, it's just, it's like this backwater that is just primitive. And there's absolutely nothing remarkable here. This is like any other backwater planet. Um, and obviously, like, they could have played the angle where it's remarkable because it has so many metahumans, but I'm glad they didn't, you know... Like, they may as well not exist for this story, really. Yeah. I am... I feel like, much like we talked about with Last Sun, how there's this awkward part that all of a sudden you have this chapter where you see all the other heroes of Earth being, you know, round up by Zod. Yeah. And and you're like, oh. Oh, excuse me. Was there a tie-in that I missed? Was there something, you know, that told all these stories of how this happened? But this is a world huge story, but yet it is just a Superman-focused story, which I do appreciate. Yeah. You know, as much as I love other heroes working together, it is a Superman and Supergirl story. Yeah. Yeah, the the others don't need to be in it. Um, Plus, by logic, you know, Metropolis is only missing for like a few hours probably so um you know superman breaks out they fight again and this this is neat he reaches his hands into his holes his holes his usb ports in his head and you know brainiac's like you know you're far from a returning you're a simple brute and superman goes where i need to be and delivers an uppercut to his nose and uh, yeah, he 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 visions his eyes, which is a neat panel. Mm-hmm. Which I like. Yeah. No, it's cool. And he grabs Metropolis and Candle, then he's like, I'll be back to help the rest of you, promise. And Supergirls is like sort of being strapped to what I don't know what they're gonna do with her, but uh yeah, Superman saves her and she has to stop the rocket from blowing up the sun. And Superman has to handle Brainiac. Uh, you know, the the way Clark kind of breaks through to her is... Because Superman's like, I can't do it because I'm scared. And, you know, Superman goes, oh, it's okay to be scared. And that sort of... She's like, oh, that's okay. So I can, you know... She flies off to stop the missile. And... Yeah... It's, uh, he, he, so we get a War of the Worlds, uh, ending here. Do you like, I mean, do you like the War of the Worlds? Like, yeah, 
like it make like as long as it makes sense. Uh, and it does make sense because you know Broniac's been stuck in like a cube basically for you know ages. Like he doesn't really leave his ship, so it's like a bubble mm-hmm. boy. Um, so it makes sense that like when he falls into that sludge, like it's going inside his head because like those ports on his head seem to be opening yeah. directly into him, which is gross. And he's got like leaves and mud and all this sort of stuff in there, so. Give him a pretty bad cold, I would say. He's in a swamp, so like he's just yeah. getting whatever kind of bacteria or anything that is in that water. And it's like you get a shot where he's almost like he looks like he's powering out. It's just disgusting. Yeah, yeah. It's like all going into his brain. I don't know how his physiology works, but yeah, I. Like, on paper, if you're like, oh, it's like War of the Worlds, but it just, it makes sense. It's unfortunate that it's like War of the Worlds, but it's, like, bound to pop up at some point, right? This is sort of a logical mm. conclusion to how... A very a very you know. sterile, clean, like you said, yeah. protected alien who all of a sudden is on a planet that has these germs and pathogens that he's not adapted to, because... He, like we've seen, when, was the, when do we think the last time Brainiac actually got off his ship? Yeah, yeah. Like it, it's all been the drones that he's been sending out. So his ship has its own atmosphere and everything. And the, yeah, the last time he got off his ship would have been a long time ago, probably near the start, because he, you know, he's mentioned he's been uh, he used to have to do stuff that he's more powerful now. And I'm sure he has a lot more drones. So. Yeah. Then we get welcome to Earth that he, you know, stomps his face in the mud. Uh, he kills him in Unbound. He dies mm-hmm. at the end. So here, like, it doesn't actually clear up in this comic. Unless you have the epilogue, you don't know if Brainiac's alive or not. Well, what, what I think is interesting is you have all these panels that are kind of the showing Superman flying with the city car flying at the missile and then we see a missile has actually been shot to the kent farm yeah and you see more like jonathan running to save martha as the house blows up and mm. yeah the way they splice them all together is really neat um, i always do i always do like gary frank's layouts though yeah no, they're just, great just the way that they lay out the panels and yeah uh when he works with jeff johns and stuff compared to like how some people it's kind of like a neoclassical you know how panels used to be in old comics mm. it feels like that with a little bit of a twist on it so it's not exactly the same but nowadays like sometimes they're not even panels they're just like <laughs> pictures bleeding together yeah i also like how brodiac just sends a missile at the kids out of spite <laughs> it's like i'm lost mm-hmm. but i'm gonna blow up your house basically uh, so yeah, no, it's really cool juxtaposition, uh, you know, showing all the different things happening at the same time. Um, and I really like, and I'm sure this is a deliberate sort of comparison, you know, uh, Krypton is rising as Park Kent dies. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, Clark literally can't hear Mars screaming because of Candor rising out of the bottle. So 
you know, I'm sure there's a deliberate thing with, like, uh, Krypton is resurgent, but he's lost some of his humanity as a trade-off, you know? A balance. Mm. So Paz died, uh, Kandor's back, and then Superman finally hears uh, Martha screaming out, and he goes back, but it's too late. Uh, he's dead from, I'm assuming, is a heart attack. And... Yeah, and then it ends. It ends with him and Ma over Pa's body and the house on fire. But the epilogue has... Let me get my trade. Okay. Um, why is it when something falls, it just has to fall as loud as possible? <laughs> uh, oh, I know. So the I do, I do have the epilogue. I do have the. Ep- I just oh, didn't great. realize that was the epilogue. What it was, I just thought it was part of the issue. Well, it should be part of the issue, <laughs> I think. Um, so it's it starts off with two textless pages. No, one, two, three, four, five textless pages. So we have Pa's funeral, uh, which is nicely drawn, and then we have you know Superman breaking into Rikers Island and. Beating the hell out of Brainiac, beating him to death basically, but it turns out that's a fantasy that Clark's having. Uh, and he's, you know, well, it goes, Clark, are you okay? And Clark says, Brainiac's still alive, my father's not. So, yeah, and then it just has um, a bunch of memories from Clark about him and Pa, and it ends with the, him in the horseshoe that he gave him earlier in the series. And, you know, there's more to it, obviously, and stuff. Uh, there's, like, lots of background characters appearing in Smallville, and Lana's there with a weird look. Um, but, yeah, like, that... I feel like that... Sh- yeah, that should be available in what they... Re- like, why is that not in the Brainiac trade? That's quite odd. But... It, it's... It is very powerful to wrap up this story. Yeah, I guess you don't need it, but it's a good way to wrap it up it brings it back to just the strength of just Clark dealing with once again that loss and he wasn't able to save his dad yeah the, the conclusion's not as abrupt mm-hmm. so or I mean you know you you could have almost done this like epilogue and expanded it of like the fallout a little mm-hmm. bit, like and like we're, like you could have had where car at the funeral and done and done a six issue, but you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, maybe they just felt they didn't either due to scheduling because they had to get going with new Krypton because that was like a tie event, so maybe they probably had other because... books waiting on that too. But it's also like maybe there also wasn't enough to fill out an entire issue with what they wanted to do. But I feel like it might have been they didn't have enough page space for it. But they also, like, New Krypton had to come out at a certain point, so they had to... uh, I mean, I really don't know, though, and I don't know... uh, I'll I'll look up the trade, because usually the wiki has, like, the issues it includes. Mm -hmm. Um, And I wonder if, like... uh, Trade... DC... Database. Let's have a look. <clears throat> Quick. 
My thing is I never really realized like the epilogue was something separate because I read it and I just, you know, it just, it flows. It just feels like it was part of the issue. So, so it's from the Superman new Krypton special number one. And the mm. first, the first nine pages of that are the epilogue. That's it's, whatever. It's <laughs> It's yeah. It, it's... So okay, I'm gonna so I'm looking at my one trade that has it, and it's like I'm gonna send you a picture just so you can see how interesting this is. Um, it's like gray with like the Superman symbol. It says epilogue, and then you turn it, and there's the pages. But then my actual Brainiac trade is it's a solid black page. Hmm. It's interesting. Maybe uh, when when was this published? December 2008. So maybe they wanted to get the trade out as quick as possible and this actually wasn't out yet. Uh, it is see. interesting. 870. Oh, they were both December 2008, so I guess that doesn't hold water. <laughs> they... Yeah. Well, you know, it's... I guess if you want if you want the Brainiac story with the epilogue, you need to get the Superman Last Son of Krypton trade. I think that's like the only option uh, to get them both together. But mm. uh, if you want Last Son with Action Comics Annual Ten, then you need to get the new Last Son Deluxe Edition, which has Escape from Bizarro World instead of Brainiac. So. Yeah, new Krypton special one. Where was this reprinted? Uh... Yeah, I, I, I think this is... It says... I think it says uh, the first nine... It says the first nine pages are reprinted in the Superman... Brainiac collection published in 2009 but you have it and it's not yep. so yep it is it's there oh it is okay it is. yeah so like I, said, I, I pulled them out separate because uh... the one the one stands out and the one just blends in that I didn't realize it was the epilogue okay great well I just, just I just thought it was part of the issue because it just there was a flow to it you know um I definitely recommend if you're going to go with some sort of a trade, buy the trade of the Brainiac separate and buy the Deluxe of Last Sun. Okay. That That's my recommendation. Because yeah. the Deluxe of Last Agreed. Sun has the Monel, it has the, you know, those extra issues, the Escape from Bizarro World yeah. um, that we touched on. All that's in there that helps that story. Yeah. And just get the Brainiac separate. It's also in order because Escape from Bizarro World is after Last Sun, but before Brainiac. So, even if it does suck, in my opinion. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, so that that's all interesting. Um, yeah. Well, uh, Brainiac, a good story, good, you know, like, I think it's a good good story if you just want to read about like a superman villain being scary and tough mm -hmm. and being a threat like superman brainiac's the story like that's the go-to story i think it's 
like in terms of intimidating villains and good punch ups and stuff like it's one of the best ones there is for Superman if not the best because it, yeah you know it doesn't have the baggage of like death of Superman the fact that it's nine issues you know very melodramatic and um all that 90s stuff going on where they would have like a million subplots running about the the people living on the mutants under Metropolis Cadmus and red-haired Lex Luthor who's a clone of Lex Luthor posing as his son <laughs> so yeah, it's a very it's a very nice straightforward story yes it's very straightforward uh, you know almost standalone um standalone enough that you can definitely pick it up without needing to read anything else you don't even need to read last song to read Brainiac so, I agree yeah um that said I do recommend both last song and Brainiac because they're both good and I've heard people recommend Jeff John's Superman run as a whole, which includes those two stories, Escape from Bizarro World, New Krypton, or well, a bit of New Krypton, and of course uh, The Legion of Superheroes, which I have not read, but I've heard is very good. Uh, he also did Secret Origin, which I do not recommend. Um, Secret Origins, I like, just uh, real quick, I like the last three issues. Right. I know so, um, as an idea, because much like we touched on, I like the small scale of secret origins. Mm. Like if I was going to do a Superman reboot movie, I would combine the beginning of birthright and kind of the last part, the last three issues of secret origins. Yeah. And that's kind of what they tried to do with man of tomorrow. The film, I think in a way, just cause I like your introductory to Superman kind of being small. Mm. It doesn't have to be this world. Like, saving fighting aliens um yeah i i like the idea that he comes in small so that when you do get to him versus the aliens like there's a a sense of trust that's been built between him and the people um and it's just a way of opening your scale like if you're looking at it from a movie point of view you know the first one's very it's a smaller scale personal to know your character so when you get to the bigger bombastic um action attack of an alien invasion you're okay with it because you've already slayed the groundwork um with your characters in your first film so yeah yeah um i yeah i guess when i say i don't recommend secret origin i'm not like i'm saying look if you really enjoyed these uh, go seek it out because it is jeff johns and gary frank and it probably fits in with this run i believe they use the continuity for it um but i personally like i get what you're saying um, but my problem with Secret Origin is just that there's no character arc, um, mm. which is like well, what bugs me the most. So. Their first two issues is him as a child, and then we have the whole Legion issue. Well, him as a child was the best part, like the first, you know, when he accidentally I, I, breaks someone's arm. Um, see, I think that's great. Yeah. I don't like when, you know, I think it's the first issue ends, and he comes downstairs in a costume that Martha made. Yeah, kind of doing this super boyish thing, and then, you know, we go to the Legion. But mm-hmm. I like the the him, like like you said, him as a child in the first issue, like with Pa. I love all that stuff. Yeah, it's it's the I don't like the Legion angle, and then we skip, we jump right to him in Metropolis for the last three issues. And what I liked about that was just like I said, the small scale. Yeah, where. The it's it's Metallo and Parasite, which I think is a great kind of combination for 
starting villains. Mm. Um, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like, you know, uh, check all this stuff out. Jeff Johns also did a story in the new 52 called men of tomorrow. Um, which I, I rate pretty high. Like in terms of writing, that story is really great. Uh, in terms of artwork, it just depends how, how much of John Romita Jr.'s artwork you can stomach at that particular time. I think the artwork's fine, but it could have been better for sure. Um, but that, that's something I might cover on the show one day because I do like that story. That's like the other Jeff John Superman thing, really. And, um, yeah. uh, his, uh, uh, Doomsday Clock as well is another. You know, Gary Frank, you know, Superman's like in that less, but it's very much about him towards the end. So, yeah, it depends. That also depends if you can stomach a sequel to Watchmen. And uh, for those who like Watchmen, I like Watchmen, but I will say right now, Doomsday Clock actively, uh, what's like it actively, you know, subverts Watchmen back on itself and. Yeah, so it like it doesn't. It's not like a pay homage in the same tone type of thing. It very much responds to Watchmen by saying, "No, superheroes are great," and it's not pessimistic. So, it's one of those that you could just leave Watchmen alone, or if you want to kind of like, how would Watchmen interact with the actual DC universe? Doomsday Clock's kind of your thing. I haven't read it since it first came out, and I read it as it was coming out, so it was all. Sp- um, spaced out, so I'm looking forward to rereading it altogether. I thought, well, I thought some of Alan Moore's statements and stuff about Watchmen were really stupid, so I kind of like Doomsday Clock for sort of, you know, um, going the opposite direction with a lot of that stuff and his characters. Mm. But um, yeah, people who find Watchmen sacred probably won't like Doomsday Clock. But you know, again, if you want more Gary uh, Jeff Johns Superman. And you know you're interested enough, go read it. It's not as good as Watchmen, I think, but yeah. So, because I think it's first Jeff Johns Superman we've probably done on the podcast is this stuff. Uh, for me, Johns is all over the place, but this this has been good. Um, and yeah, I I probably preferred Brainiac to Last Sun, but I still did really like Last Sun. So I think Brainiac was just more focused. Mm. which helps, you know, so, yeah, definitely check out these books, I see Brodiac's, like, Brodiac and Last Sun make, like, top lists for Superman stories a lot as well, so, uh, as for New Krypton, boy, I haven't read that in years, I remember enjoying it, I'm not going to cover it on the podcast, though, it's just too long, <laughs> but, yes. uh, you know, Tyler, let me know how that goes, because I'd, I'd be curious, what, what you think of it, because I haven't experienced it for so long. I remember Johns didn't write that much of it. Weirdly yeah, he enough. started... One of, I'm trying to remember which... Oh, my friend Brian, that's who it was, who recently read it. He like, it starts off good because it starts off with Johns is writing, and then all of a sudden it's not Johns anymore, and that's where it faltered. So... Yeah. Um, I, remember, yeah I heard that as I read it as well, like over 10 years ago, people were saying that, and I enjoyed it all the way through. So, I didn't have a problem with fall-off, but, I mean, it's been so long since I've read it, I'm sure I'd have a different opinion now. But, 
Yeah, it's weird that he didn't write much of it because like his whole thing was building up to it. I just so. I, it's one of those things trying to go back in time. You know, it's just like with the Doomsday Clock when they started Doomsday Clock, all the promotional had Superman in his reborn costume, and by the time they finished it, yeah, it then took so long that it was irrelevant. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, it it became this something that was supposed to be really big. It was like this nice end. It was supposed to tie into the rebirth error and be this nice, you know, back to what happened with the New 52 and with Dr. Manhattan and all the stuff they had built in rebirth. Doomsday Clock was kind of the, you know, into it, but it took so long that it became almost like this side story that you just kind of, okay, it happened and we move on. Yeah. And it didn't, it was supposed to be, it feels, it's supposed to be in continuity, but yet it kind of feels like it's not, but it's supposed to be. So yeah, Superman Reborn had already happened while Doomsday Clock yeah. was coming out. So, but the thing and by the time we got, yeah. by the time we got there, Bendis had come over, put the trunks back on the suit, changed, and so they that's how they wrote Superman in it. You know how he was currently. Yeah. I think Doomsday Clock is much better as a standalone. I think it like I, I think it's better that it worked out that way because if it tied into Rebirth too much, I hate it, and I think that's dumb. Like, just as a standalone, it's fine. I don't even care about them bringing the Kents back in it, you know, because it's a standalone thing and it works with the themes of the story. But as a piece that's supposed to be a story about continuity, like, that sucks. I've always said I hate stories about continuity. So, Mm -hmm. with some exceptions. You know, Crisis of Infinite Earths, it is fun. So. Yeah. But since then, it's kind of been like, ugh. (laughs) Um. Anyway, uh, do you have any other thoughts about uh, Brainiac or Last Son or anything else? No, I I think it's a great story. Um, I wish the movie had been a little bit, you know, closer to the story in certain aspects and yeah. Um. So I just kind of that's what bugs think... me because it's already like a movie, so they didn't really have to change anything. Hmm. But that never stops them. <clears throat> yeah. I uh, I agree. Yeah. So what, what what's going on at uh, Krypton Report at the moment? Well, right now we just um, kind of done some... We You know, we did some fun episodes. Um, we have an episode coming up that's about to drop here. By the time this comes out, it'll probably have dropped... Um, about a Superman special event that they're going to have in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, oh, cool. It, in the months of September and October, just honoring Superman and the creators. And um, there'll be some guests. Mark Wade will be there one day, and Philip Kennedy Johnson will be there. Um, and there's some other cool things that's going on. So I got I got that episode I recorded it's coming up. So we just had some fun stuff going on. Um, yeah. So check that out. Yeah, cool. Yeah, go go check them out. And uh yeah. Oh yeah, I'll I'll give this I'll give Brainiac uh, uh eight bottled cities out of ten. Yeah, I, I will too. I you know and I think in some breaths I could have done one more issue. I think you could have stretched out a couple of the things. Um like the battle with like you know between Brainiac and Superman on yeah. Earth could have been a little bit longer. I think you could have extended a couple of the smaller things in it 
like Supergirl just doing something more and it still ended with like the epilogue but I think you could have extended some of that stuff in the last two issues and made it into a good solid six yeah so I'll give it an eight yeah yeah eight, eight for me is great uh, you know eight for me like if I give it an eight it's always worth checking out and reading so uh, go do that if you haven't already uh, oh and aside uh, those of you who remember a few episodes ago uh, Adam came on and we talked about Multiversity Masterman and lo and behold a couple of weeks after that episode Grant Morrison put his damn annotations up <laughs> For the issue, so I remember I was like, I really wanted them to go up before it, but uh, they've gone up since. So I may be talking about those at some point. I haven't read them yet, but uh, I will. Yeah, and again, this will be the last episode for probably a month or so. But I hope you guys will enjoy. Thanks again, Tyler, for coming on. Oh no problem. And uh, yeah, until next time. Uh, remember, we're all aliens. Superman and all other characters in these comics are properties of DC. Any images or music we use are properties of their respective copyright holders. We are doing this for fun and not making money off it, so please don't sue us. You can contact us at lskpodcast at gmail.com and find us on our Libsyn, lskpodcast.libsyn.com. Our Twitter, at lskpodcast. Our Facebook page, Last Sons of Krypton, a Superman podcast. And last but not least, Thank you everyone for listening.